Hello, everyone, and welcome to another miraculously wonderful episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. Um, we got uh, Mr. Ken Seymour across the way from me here. Hello. Uh, Richard, right here, talking to you. Uh, we've got an exciting, I guess you can call it exciting episode today, uh, something we wanted to try out, and um, we've actually attempted in the past to watch a couple movies and see what we could throw down on some reviews or some ideas or some thought processes on those movies so we are going to be going over our thoughts our loves our hates and our trials and tribulations regarding to the movie justice league that came out in 2017 um obviously uh it's it's going to be uh a basic conversation just like many of our other episodes and i always want to uh, be very careful whenever I tend to be critical about anything, and there's going to be some spoilers involved. Uh, if you have not seen this movie and are planning to and do not want to be surprised, do not go any further. Uh, but also, there is likely to be some criticism in here, and I don't uh, think it goes without saying that any major motion picture, even any minor motion picture, is definitely a wonderful thing that adds to our group cultural wellspring of ideas and and sharing of experience and any any one of them is a, a minor miracle in its in its own way but uh that doesn't necessarily stop there from being some things that might be able to be a little bit better and it definitely uh, begs criticism in some circumstances now a little background of course um on why we chose this movie uh part of its timing right so absolutely we're starting to talk a little bit more about bits and pieces of things. We've done a lot of music. We've, we're going to do some movie episodes. Uh, we're fans of comic books in general. We're fans of both Marvel and DC comic books. Um, it's Ken, probably to an extent, is a fan of other, maybe less heralded uh, comic book lines as well. I'm familiar with them. I'm more of the, let's call it, Casual, but more than casual fan. I owned comic books. I collected them when I was a little bit younger. Um, I watch, like, if there is anything that is modern, whether it's an animated television show, animated movie, or movie, I will gobble that stuff up. So I'm definitely all on board and into it. Yes, and I've been reading comic books for the vast majority of my life, and have sunk more than my fair share of time into it and definitely like both Marvel and DC but even when you start looking at some of the other independent publishers like Image or Valiant or even some of the less known publishers that we may eventually touch on and and uh, and go over it's 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 a wonderful smorgasbord of of uh just just great stories and characters and art and it's uh, it's been a great boon to my existence for for a number of years, and we kind of just got the idea. We chatted about it because we knew we were going to get together to do a another podcast, and I kind of threw out there, well, well, hey, why don't we just go watch Justice League and see what we think of that? And it was just kind of like a eh, meh eh, type of okay, but like no excitement behind it. And then Ken sent me a text message and said, hey, well, what time do you want to? meet tonight so i set up a picture with the show times for justice league and i said how about eight fifty-five tonight like okay so mm -hmm. like it, 
no I resigned myself to the, to the experience. It it was it was I knew it was going to be at least okay because I mean how can it not be with with the lineup that they had? And or so I thought. Yeah, and it. I think part of our lack of excitement for this movie kind of plays into the reception of the movie, the feel of the movie. Now I I try as hard as I can, having worked in the movie theater business i guess you could call it for a long time and getting to watch way more movies and seeing more about them than what i care to was always have tempered expectations on anything that you're going to watch and that's hard to do especially when there's a hype machine that's out there for it but uh on this one i definitely had the availability to go into it with tempered expectations and it always makes the product a touch better i feel like i tried to be fair going into it my whole thought process was I'm a huge comic book fan. I need to ignore the fact that I'm a huge comic book fan because movies are often going to change the source material and it needs to be allowed to do so because you can't always tell the same story that you've gotten from the comic books. And in addition to that, I I did my best to ignore the, the number of reactions that I've seen from people, both friends and media and critics alike about whether they liked it or whether they didn't just try and go on with an even mindset if it was wonderful great if it wasn't that's fine too we're gonna just see where we think it stacks up both on its own merits as well as compared to the the marvel uh the marvel juggernaut <laughs> as it were uh and i get it yeah <laughs> i'm sure there are plenty of people that would uh, my my humor as they say is unstoppable but uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to break this hopefully down into just a, a handful of uh, subcategories, kind of go over the cast and the director, go over the um, the characters and the plot, the cinematography and the overall feel, and just kind of get both of our reactions from it, and then see what uh, see what you guys think on on the same side, uh, uh, and uh, see if you agree with us. So. One of the interesting things about this movie is technically it's going to get one directing credit, but it was directed actually by two separate people. And part of it was the old Zack Snyder had recorded a big portion of this and had a large layout of the movie in place. And that the rumors came about that it was pre-screened just to get some feedback and reaction and it wasn't that good so they had reshoots that they were going to schedule and do Zack Snyder Snyder left the film and so in comes Joss Whedon to do a whole lot more content for this movie certainly I seem to remember there may have been something to do with uh Something to do with some family issues or some health issues. Yep, that, yep. that was the reason that, uh, that Zack Snyder had to leave. Now, Zack Snyder did he did the Superman movie, I do believe. Yes. And then he did Batman versus Superman. So this was kind of his progression in his thought process and his way that he wanted to present this family of films i guess you could say so it the idea was that it was building upon itself well hopefully at least it was his vision i know so often that directors have to fight with the studios to to be able to make the movie that they want to make Uh, like this one in particular was i think supposed to have a hard cap at two hours long 
So whatever they were going to put into it, they had to sacrifice other things in order to meet that two-hour time cap. Which and in, it tells. Yeah, tell. in my estimation, that was mistake number one. Yeah, yeah there was so many mistakes. But <laughs> one of the things we talked about was how we were going to approach this movie. Now, if you're not a fan of comic books and you don't know the world of comic books you don't know the world of dc you don't know the world of justice league and you are just a person who walked into this theater fresh eyes i want to watch a movie that's got some action in it and some interesting characters and they do this and that how would you approach this movie and i think even not having a background in any comic books or having a background in any of these characters and knowing what their background is, is that this movie is still kind of... Lackluster. Meh is the word I can get out of that. So yeah. it's... Well, lackluster is like a multi-syllable meh. So yeah. it can still work. Yeah, it's... it. We were going to start with like the director and the cast, right? So that's kind of where I was getting into... It had two directors. And you can tell. Um, there's definitely a different feel in certain segments of the movie. And you can certainly, well, there's some things that you can hilariously tell on yeah, post, post-production uh, shoots. but Missing yeah. some of the same kind of um, high sheen gloss that they can give it after going over it 50, 60, 70 times. Yeah. The, the opening scene is... Oh, it's hilariously bad. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that one. That, that falls into cinematography, I think. It does. Yes, absolutely. Or um, maybe CGI. But but part of that also falls into the cast. So uh, in this particular movie, we're, we're building on the cast that has been in place to a small extent in Superman, uh, built upon in Batman versus Superman, Superman, and added to to a small extent with uh, Wonder Woman. So all of these people that we saw in all of these previous movies that were the main characters or established characters have been folded into this particular movie as well. And, you know, one of the things that we were kind of touching on was uh, Superman, which is played by uh, Henry Cavill. Does fine. I ain't got no problem with him. As I like him. The cast. I think the cast is, and as a whole is just fine. I Absolutely. have no problems with it. But they filmed the majority of the movie. He had to go do another movie. Um, and when they were called back to do these millions of dollars worth of reshoots, he was filming this particular movie. Was it a mission impossible? I can't remember what I, I don't truthfully remember either. I just remember that it required him to have a certain follicular fortitude on his front face. Ha ha four F's. Was that, is that alliteration? Is that that? <laughs> it was bad alliteration. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure you get my terminology right. Um, so, uh, whoever the other company was, Paramount maybe, uh, wouldn't budge. So they're like, nah, well, he ain't shaving that. So in the midst of filming one movie, he was coming back to do reshoots for this movie. So he was a bearded Superman, but couldn't have but that. not, or no, like a mustachioed yeah. Superman, I think yeah. is more accurate, but uh, that goes back to the cinematography, which we'll get into, yeah. but it goes, it falls into the cast. Sure. And he's been in, really, he's been the, the character besides some of the other 
yeah, Superman the, characters who have been there for all the movies. With the exception of Wonder Woman, he's been in the in the other movies. And I I like I like his acting. I like his look. I think him as Superman is more than adequate. I mean, it's definitely a breakaway from the uh, original uh, Superman and and the the kind of the feel that they had uh, from the 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 80s movies. And it's certainly not like Superman Returns, which was essentially just a love letter to the 80s movies. But uh, it needed some updating. So perfectly fine. He is, he, I think he was the right cast for that. Great, great choice. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, most of the cast, I feel like major parts, minor parts, you know what? They're fine. I think they all fit. They have the right for what, how they were cast to be in their roles for how they wanted the roles to be because we as comic book fans or people who have maybe read more or watched more of the cartoons or previous movies we have a certain idea in our heads on how these characters should act how they should look and when we put these when they cast these people i think they had different ideas in mind for how they should look and oh, definitely. feel so well, like uh, Ben Affleck's a great example of that. I mean, I've been a fan of his for some time. I'll watch pretty much any movie that he's in. And when I heard he was going to be Batman, I go, well, that's a mistake. That's just a terrible, terrible choice. Because I'm thinking the young, vibrant kind of uh, Batman that I've read about. And then when I see that they're trying to go more of the Frank Miller style of older Batman. Okay, yeah. And, and, and he maybe he could have pulled off the other one too, but... Uh, I thought he did again just fine. He's he was he carried the character. He had the right attitude. He he managed to I think pull it off pretty well. Yeah, no no problems. Um, even the I mean I, I think a lot of times when you see the the characters uh, like like Aquaman, I think is a really good example. I, I feel like if you don't know a lot about that character, but you see that character from time to time, it's kind of like the the blonde haired, whether it's short hair or long hair, whether it's a beard or no beard, like you have a missing a hand with a hook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like you have an idea on what that traditional character looks like and casting and, and is he more like, is, is he more of a, like a noble person, right? Yeah. Like he's, a, he's royalty. So like, that's kind of in some interpretations, how he acts. Not all the time too. So like when you have him like this, you know, you're like, is this the right casting? But for how they wanted to present the character in the movie, it's fine. Yeah, Momoa looked great. He uh, had the right demeanor. I, I don't think the change was necessarily bad because uh, Aquaman, not exactly the most popular of comic book characters of no. all time, made fun of quite a bit. And the original costume design for the comics could never really work in any sort of live action portrayal and not just be hilariously bad. Uh, watch Smallville if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, I mean, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, gorgeous. The accent works. Acting's good. Um, she, she embodies that kind of Amazonian physique and presence and oh, she's perfectly good on that. Though truthfully, I think my favorite bits of casting, there are three actors that I really loved seeing in this. This is this is probably the last time you're going to hear me be positive about this, so savor this. 
but Ezra Miller as a Flash was the high point of the movie for me. I I have very, very strong feelings about the Flash character. He is one of two or three of my favorite DC characters. And there are certain attitudes and and certain ways that he needs to be in my mind to be a successful character. And I think that Ezra Miller was able to portray that and be kind of this, not naive, but definitely fresh-eyed kind of perspective on the whole thing. And he was funny, and the lines they gave him were golden. I mean, some of it was a little formulaic, but, I mean, how can it not be? But uh, wonderful. I think he did a great job. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. He is a national treasure and should be in nearly every movie ever made. Uh, as J. Jonah Jameson, he, that was that yeah, was like, a high point of the Spider-Man movies, man. Yeah, just just like, he's been in a lot of movies, and just tell me one that, if the movie was bad, okay, cool. But like, was he bad in that movie? Probably Never seen bad. it. No. No. Uh, and then uh, Joe Morton as Silas Stone. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's another guy that if he is in something, I will watch it because he's great. Going back, and now I think about it, he was actually in Smallville as well in a few episodes anyway. But, I mean, he's been around the sci-fi side of things and the, the comic book side of things. He was in uh, Terminator 2. Terminator 2, yep. Um, he He's excellent, always excellent. And he and he can kind of bring a certain, uh, certain um, I don't know, just tone tone yeah yeah it's that he does very firmness well. but yeah. not overbearing seriousness yeah. yeah that that was my favorite part and everybody else at the very least was at least okay even what well, even amber heard she did good passable yeah i mean problem yeah oh yeah millie she didn't have a huge part but didn't really need to and she did she did good yeah we'll see more of her and aquaman in the future here too so yeah i don't really think of her as a outstanding actress by any stretch of the imagination. No, she's still kind of early in her career. There's plenty of time to, to make a mark. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of hidden people that are in here uh, that, you know, if you look at this cast and it wasn't a comic book movie, you're like, wow, there's a lot of uh, good names that are in here. And they were in some of the other, they, I mean, a lot of these were all previous cast members. I mean, Jeremy Irons is pretty well established yeah, in he's... a lot of movies and a good actor. And he's been in some of the other ones too. So I, I, I think when, when we looked at the cast of the movie that it was fine. Yeah. I mean, there I really are no problems from that aspect. No, at no. All. they did. They did. Whoever the casting person is, keep them. They did. They did good. I mean, Matthew Broderick wasn't in it, so we're good to go. Yeah. We'll get back to that again sometime. So, Overall, I think we're both in agreement. Casting was good. Truthfully, director, I love Will Wheaton. Well, but Will Wheaton. My apologies, Joss Wheaton. I'm having one of those mental moments, and it's happening to me more and more. I think for a second I was like, Will Wheaton. Um, we- yes, you didn't see Wesley. He was hiding. Yeah. Sorry. No, I meant to say uh, Joss Wheaton. Uh, he is one of my all-time favorite directors. And uh, in my mind, pretty much anything he touches has a really good chance of being excellent. There was nothing he could do. I mean, that it's no, it was out of his hands, no. and, and you can tell. I mean, it, and that goes back to the, the cinematography, the feel of the movie. But there are segments that, like, 
it's going back to the PBS days, right? Like mm-hmm. one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. And, and you can kind of find those bits and pieces within the movie that just don't match up with the rest of the movie. And kind of space and gap fillers and like, okay, yeah, okay, I get it. And a lot of people are very love-hate on Zack Snyder. Me, uh, he is what he is. He has a very specific way that he puts his films across and if you weren't wanting to see that kind of a film you probably should not go to see his film he does not vary things up all that much um to that end i don't know if i like his style for the dc universe i think it's a mistake one of the things at least in the comic books that really separates or at least separated for a long time dc from marvel was that DC was often so much brighter. It was more hopeful. It had a completely different tone for the more gritty, more realistic Marvel. And then uh, I don't even remember which universal reset changed that tone up. It was after Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't know if it was the New 52 that caused it. But there, there there was some point at which it just, there was a shift. They decided, well, we need to be more like Marvel because they're selling more books than we are. And uh, we, we, too, can be gritty and real. And I, I don't think that's really what's going to pull people into the theaters to really see that over a Marvel movie. No. I mean, if you... There, there's a few, I think, points in the DC universe that draw everybody into it. And I don't know if it's been a transition or not, but like, I think a lot of people are really big fans of Superman. And a lot of people are really big fans in many aspects of Batman. Like, yeah. if you made Batman like the prominent character in this thing, I mean, just just look at the Christopher Nolan trilogy that killed it, and oh, they yeah. were good movies. They're they made a lot of money. They're like, stunningly like, good. Like, do do what you need to do, and then. But to your point, where the Flash is one of your favorite characters, well, he's got a show on WB, which is not related to this cinematic realm at all but it's how many seasons long and it's got a good following to it so like he he's an underrated character that actually people would turn out for um and and it's kind of like the one thing when they tried a green lantern and that bombed but maybe just because it wasn't done correctly there's a lot of not a great script there's a lot of things in that universe that could be made as secondary points if we just focus on your strengths and work your way out from there and yeah that didn't quite pan out so well all right well let's turn from the the most logical progression from cast director i think would be go to character character portrayal character development what did you think oh there was some of that in the movie (laughs) i was i was just out i I mean i might have missed it i don't know Uh. the i think dc was relying on the fact that in a couple of previous movies, the Superman story was developed in a movie, right? Yeah. Um, Batman's relationship with Superman was, was sort, of, sort developed. of developed. Awkwardly developed, but developed. <laughs> and then Wonder Woman came in right at the very end and then had her own movie. So, like, your three prominent ones had the development already. So, DC's like, cool. That's all we needed. We're good. We're good. So when you look at the other characters, it was... Uh, if man, I can sum man, it up we, in a single we got, sentence. We got two hours here. Let's, the clock's ticking. Let's 
let's get let's get going on this and they just totally missed out on any type of background or like hey five minutes of background 10 minutes of a thing cool but nah, none of that no it was it was pretty bad i mean like cyborg which i know a lot of people who love the cyborg character he was just kind of mopey mopey and i'm i'm sorry uh, I, I i i'm not happy the way that i'm alive okay but at the end of the movie booyah a very bad booyah oh, just so like why was he so mopey? Like, oh man, he's got this dope body and everything. Like, well, what was he before that? Why, like, what what type of life did he have before that? They they gave just the tiniest glossing over of what he was, and then just the tiniest glossing over of what he was dealing with. The parts that were the meat of the character that could have made the audience really care, but instead you get, well, I'm shiny, and I can't control what my body's doing. Wee. Which, of course, tied into later parts of the movie with bringing back Superman. Uh, yeah. Like that, come on, man. Come on, man. Beyond the fact that that's not how a mother box works. If I set aside, like I said I was going to do, any knowledge I have of comic books and just assume that they're going to do whatever the heck they want to try and forward a plot, maybe you could explain why that makes sense at all in the plot. Other than the fact that we're dropping the stupidest looking Rubik's Cube into a vat of slime and hoping a guy can run and touch it. Okay. Sure, yeah, that'll bring Superman back to life. That, yeah, that totally makes so sense. It's so convoluted. Now, a lot of the stories in comic books are contrived to an extent, right? Yeah. Because they're comic books. They're I get it. But they're trying to put that into the real world and trying to make sense of something that they just had like, oh, how how are we gonna how are we gonna do this again? And then they're, they're sitting in the table with ten people, like, um, he just comes back. No, that's not gonna work. <laughs> um, just he, the mother box, all and all they do is just boom tubes. Like that's what they. No, 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 that's not gonna work. It's like just like, let's figure out some cheesy way to bring Superman back. Well, oh, I, mother box, cool, done. I, and I get that they couldn't use the comic book version. The whole reign of the Superman storyline would not have worked, and even a truncated version of it would not have worked, and they were smart to not try that. But uh, it, this was... It could have been... N- nearly anything could have been better. A dancing chimpanzee with a magic wand accidentally walking over his grave, and then he has an arm come out of the ground. That would have been just as good as what they gave us in the movie. Well, and I think, and going back to that to our timeline, I, I feel like this movie was supposed to be two movies. Like, this should have been two movies, and the two movies together would have been... Better. A lot better. You would have had more time to figure out things that made sense without being too bland and boring. You could have had more background in there. You could have had, You could have had 20 minutes of the bad Superman in there, you know, you mm-hmm. could have, you could have done more of that type of stuff, but th- yeah. it just turned out that that's a mishmash and we want one movie go. That's... Well, and when you're trying to do character development, the reason that Marvel works so well, at least in my opinion, is the way that they do it. Each character or at least each group of characters gets its own movie. That's where the character development happens. When they get together for the big movie, 
That's where the plot happens. It works. So you don't have to spend as much time in the giant movie on character exposition and development. It's already been there. You saw what happened to them. Uh, and this is why they're acting that way in this movie. Now, it does put a certain amount of burden on the viewer that they need to see these other movies, which just lines Disney's pockets with more money. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm fine with that. That's uh, that's I'm sure it's a serialized almost uh, approach, but it makes for better storytelling, even if it's from different directors. And, and a lot of these things, a lot of a lot of the Marvel movies that are twenty movies deep, some of those are actually kind of just standalone movies. You know, um, Doctor Strange doesn't have it has tie in, but it could stand on its own. But it could stand on its own. Like it, it, it's okay from that aspect. The original Guardians of the Galaxy. There's not a lot. It's just like introduced characters in the middle of a universe that already existed, right? So like they're able to just do one-offs on things that you didn't necessarily have to have any background going in to see these movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we've run into is just a rush to catch up. Yeah. And they're behind. And, you know, there's talk after this movie, you know, going back to The Flash that I think I even mentioned it to you a while ago that like, oh, well, The Flash movie is actually going to be the Flashpoint movie, which, which sounds like a, a terrible idea. But is. you know what you can do with that? <laughs> Fix everything. Fix everything. <laughs> so that's probably what's going to happen. Maybe. Uh, but considering how well the resets went in the comic book world, I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope for that. Yeah. And let's not say, again, talking about comparing them to Marvel. I mean, Marvel makes its own mistakes, but the mistakes that they made are kind of mitigated by the process that they use to put out their movies. Um, so what did you think <clears throat> about the uh the subplot character development wise for uh wonder woman where you should be the leader of the justice league oh yes yes you're mentioning that and it's like forced a little bit is okay so if if the wonder woman movie was the exact same movie but it only made 500 million across the world instead of 800 or 900 million however much it made however much it made that wouldn't have been forced like that no there that's part of the reshoots too is just like oh well shoot you know one woman did so good we got to get more of her in here that's a good idea cool yeah she's a, a strong character and it, it her character always worked well well let's make her more of a focal point okay that's yeah. Kind of going back to what I talked to before, like, hey, your your strongest characters in this world are probably going to be somebody like Batman, maybe Superman, maybe Wonder Woman, and bring everybody else in. That's cool. Yeah. But don't force it. Like, no. Don't make it cheesy. And that was totally full yeah, forced. It, it, they had essentially three scenes within the movie that maybe had an amalgamated time of five minutes between all of them that dealt with this subplot. And where where is the chance for the viewer to have any sort of investment into this concept, into this plot line. It's just not there. It's the same thing about killing off Superman in one movie and then bringing him back right in the next movie. It's supposed to be this massively heart-wrenching kind of semi-triumphant moment. I didn't care. Not in the least little bit. Because there's been no time. There's 
you, you need to be able to show that impact better. You need to let things sit just a little bit, even if you're nervous that you should let it sit. We need Superman. He's, he's the big hero, and everybody knows Superman, even if you don't read comics. doesn't matter. That was such a weak writing trick that it, 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 it didn't work. It just made me want to yell out in rage at the screen. Yeah, if you've already seen this movie... And some of the things we talk about, like you just were sitting there munching popcorn and didn't notice it. That's cool. But watch this when you watch it this time. Now that you have it on uh, Blu-ray or something, it, it's kind of hard to not notice how forced that little plot line was. Yeah. How forced? Like we we went back to how you said things were dark, and now with Marvel being kind of brighter, like mm. it's flipped the script. Well, a little bit. the one of the complaints about the first couple lineups of the DC movies was the darkness. And then like the, the three Batman movies from before, like had that dark overtone to it. So let's try to lighten things up. Well, Zack Saturn doesn't do that, but Joss Whedon does. Yes. So when you see all these scenes where Batman is supposed to be his stoic leader, and then he's got like the giggles or like says just silly lines. It's like it's forced, you know, like that's no. not like that's not how the character has acted at all. And all of a sudden he's doing weird things. It's just like this doesn't make sense at all. Forced. The, the reason those three characters, at least in the comics, work so well is that Batman is the dark realist. He is the one that makes the plans for when things will go wrong. He is the person that is willing to. Uh, keep his mind in that kind of a dark place. Whereas Superman is supposed to be the optimist. He's supposed to be the person like they keep talking about. This isn't an S. It's the hope symbol. You're not showing it. It's He is supposed to be lighter. He is supposed to be inspiring. And there was no inspiration in that. And then the whole thing is Wonder Woman is that balancing point. Going between those two poles and trying to make it work. And... It's, it's supposed to be a really interesting dichotomy, but there's just nothing there. there. There was nothing to work with. So instead of having that playoff of the three different characters, you just had three people, and we're punching stuff. We? Uh, there, there were some headbutts in there. There were headbutts. It wasn't all punching. Uh, but, it, so, I mean, like Richard was saying, if you're, if you're just looking for a good beat-em-up, this movie can still serve. I mean, that's if, if you're not trying to look too deeply into things. But if you like plot advancement, if you like character advancement, uh, that sort of a thing, uh, this movie did not pass muster. No. Um, what did you think about um, the? What did you think about the secondary characters like uh, Lois Lane, played by Amy Adams, uh, or? Um, um, you know, we talked about Joe Morton. That's supposed to be uh, the dad of uh, a cyborg. Uh, uh, how do you think they did? Did they serve any real purpose to you? Do they do anything for you? Um, Joe Morton, uh, his character Silas became a. Uh, um, oh, uh, he was he was kidnapped at the end. That's. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, Amy Adams 
what did she do? Um, oh, she she calmed down uh, Superman after he was that's true uh, brought back. <laughs> yep, that's about it. Yeah, that just nothing. You have good characters, good secondary characters with good good actors for those characters in place, and it's just like wasted, you yeah. know. And I understand you can't. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and that's why there needed to be two and a half hours. That's why it needed to be two movies. That's why if you're gonna yeah do this, this is your thing. Okay, cool, but you know why don't we do it the right way instead of their hurried way? Yeah. And they're just gonna lose money and they're just gonna lose um, credibility on it. Yeah, it's all gonna happen. It ties back kind of to the plot. Uh, the the next point that we go to. Or the lack thereof. I mean, it's it's an action movie at its heart. And most action movies, often the plots are not going to be substantial. I mean, there are exceptions. But it's not that's not what it's really intended for. But it's still at least usually there. You look at, you look at a good action movie, you understand the motivations of the good guys. You understand the motivations of the bad guys. And you understand how things are proceeding from point A to point B. But like real Commando. Yeah, well, actually, that did pop into mind when I was thinking about that. Very simple movie, maybe not a, a stellar classic, but oh, it's a classic for sure. <laughs> it's it's still good. But it had a plot. It had, it had a plot, basic as it was. So, what is the plot of Justice League, really? Um, um, let me think here. Um, Steppenwolf, uh, Steppenwolf's the bad bad guy. Yeah, and got to stop him. That was pretty much it. You kept me out a long time ago, and my evil Rubik's cubes let me know when somebody that did not exist back when I was on Earth before is now dead. Which I still don't get that. He didn't get there in, until what twenty years before the the point at which these movies happen but he was sealed away how many thousands of years ago well, wait, what wait. happened between those times wait, why wait, didn't he where come was, back like we don't even know where he was at no they took him away so either his like, rubik's cubes are just worthless or somebody kind of glossed over something that i mean it's the a plot hole the size of a semi truck like he he went away did he now because in one of the things you can hear him say like for wait wait what do you say for dark side yeah so like did he just they he had to go back to apocalypse and hang out like I don't know like what what happened when he was defeated how when was that a thousand years ago a million years ago well, I mean like, we've got tribes of man so it's it looked like it was, was the Middle Ages wasn't it like, yeah so it's they're they're in Amazon yeah. I, at least in the way that it's been presented in the movies thus far. The superhero phenomenon is a recent thing. So why? Why did they wait until there were superheroes so the big one could die and now I can come back? Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I... Weird. It's just contrived. Yeah. Uh, it, and, okay, well, let's, let's go through a, a good hero in any story, is defined by the villain. I mean, really, that's why I love villains more than I love heroes in pretty much any piece that that I'm going to read or watch. So we get Steppenwolf. What is his motivation? 
I don't this, know. This world is promised to me. I think he say that somewhere Some, in there. That's about it. That's about it. But cool, bro. What's what's his real history? I don't really know. What's what's his? Why is the world promised to him? I don't know. Like, is it just like he? Is he wants it because it's a world? Like, does it, what what value does it have? It's uh, just it just is. I mean, uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the characters I love. I mean, watching back with things like Deep Space Nine, Gold Ducat, one of my favorite villains of all to all all time. You can empathize with him at times. You can. You can see why he does what he does. You even kind of root for him at points. Now, admittedly, to be fair, that's, again, a, a fully serialized television show that lasted many, many seasons. And we're talking about a movie that lasted under two hours. But you still have to have something. And there was nothing. So, again, when he had those big fight scenes, there's no tension. There has to be something at stake. And, yeah, I understand, theoretically, well, the planet hangs in the balance. Why do I care about this planet? There's really nothing driving me to that. Yeah. And it seemed like everybody knew who he was, right? Like, Am I missing out on that? Like, they all knew who Steppenwolf was? Well, Mira did, at least, uh, it seemed like. Uh, the Amazon certainly did. Yeah. Um but Superman didn't know who he was. Uh, none of the other heroes really knew who he was, which makes sense, I guess. Um, <laughs> he yeah. came by well before they were alive. Yeah. Um, they all seem to know who he was. But and, and I don't know. It just seems odd. Yeah. It's like he was pre-established in the world. Everything was pre-established in a world that got no establishment in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So very little plot. Well, that can all be fixed so long as the action is superb and, or maybe not fixed, but at least can be ignored. If the action is really good, the CGI is excellent. The camera angles are strong. Mm. Ooh. About that. (laughs) So going back to, like I said, the very first scene is okay so do you everybody's seen um forrest gump right like i'm pretty sure everybody's seen that and then when he goes um have some dr peppers right absolutely um and every time he goes to every time he goes to the white house and he has a visit with a president and you see them digitally alter the face alter the their president. faces of the president that's exactly what Superman looked like in this movie. So that that movie was from the 90s. Yeah. And this is what we were getting 20 years later. Like, it's bad. It's really bad. It looked like somebody said to the uh, to the department that was in charge for it, we're, we're wanting this to be really successful, so we're going to give you a state-of-the-art Apple IIe. Uh, do what you can with these floppy disks and try and make it uh, tight. Yeah, it's really bad. So, and, and I, I I read into it a little bit that they're not even going to try and edit it even better for like the release on Blu-ray. They're not going to even put any more effort into it. Like that is what it is. Drop the meatloaf on the floor. Yeah. Put it back on the tray. It's like, well, eat it. Eat it if you want. Yeah, I mean, it was there. <laughs> not gonna get any worse. Uh. So yeah, it's 
and and you see that in a few other spots um, throughout. So like, yeah, that that was a that was a blatantly obvious one. Some of the other well, stuff was okay, you know, like it was a little more in the background, so it wasn't so bad. But, but the the one there's like there's a couple things that really stood out into my mind in watching this movie, which in the greater scheme of cinematography, I think fall into place. And the first one was, um, they did a lot of close-ups of gal for wonder woman's face. They did. And in some scenes, she's blatantly wearing a lot of makeup, like no, no, I'm sorry. Lipstick. Mm, yeah. And then true. in some, nothing like so why all of a sudden are they emphasizing her like why are why is she wearing lipstick in some and not in the others i'm like like am i am i missing something here that makes me want to go back and watch it to see um the other characters too like what what am i missing in the emphasis on some characters compared to the other characters because for i don't know when i noticed it it was like they're in random sequences like well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why is she? Why does she have? Like, what are they trying to do here? What look are they trying to? It just was weird yeah. to me. And then the other thing I noticed too is when you see Batman, mm-hmm. every almost every single time you saw Batman, he was jumping, and they showed it from below him, and his knees were like bent up, right? Sure. Knees closer to his chest, sure, and his cape was all spread out. Absolutely. Every, every shot, every time that he was in an action sequence, that same exact shot. And like 10 times in the entire movie, you saw him hanging or flying or jumping with his cape, his cape spread out and his knees jumped. But, but he's Batman. Isn't that how he's supposed to look at all times? All the time. Like this whole movie, (laughs) the whole, like, yeah, I just feel like. I had less of an issue with that than I did with um, Ray Fisher's CGI. Um, you know, we talked very briefly a moment ago talking about how badly uh, Green Lantern was received. And one of the reasons it was received so badly is the CGI on, on it was overused and really not, did not look great. And some of the problems from that were present again with Ray Fisher's character. The, CGI for the metallic portions of him did not look like they fit, did not look like they were seamless to his face. And when they CGI'd his face, it was really apparent when they CGI'd his face. And it just, it was hard to get any sort of... Yeah, like his his mouth moved funny. Yeah. Yeah, yep. And was it me or were some of his proportions not... They looked off. Off, yeah, yep. Yeah, so, so I mean how can you really tell what kind of a performance he gave? I mean, really? I mean, you get a little, you can get some from voice. I mean, you get that, but uh, I can't, I can't tell. Was that his facial features or was that the CGI or was that them trying to interpret his facial features? Well, he, and if you read uh, some of the interviews or watch some of the videos of him having discussions about it, like Ben Affleck's walking around and there's just like hundred pound or hundreds of pounds of, of, Batman outfit. Yeah. And gals walking around and her little thing and Superman's got his stuff and he's walking around basically in underwear is what he said. Like, so it's just like a spandex suit with dots and the little balls taped to it all over the place. Yeah. So, 
you know, he like these these characters are sometimes sweating it out in their things, and he's just walking around in like a hoodie or like a <laughs> or like some green spandex or something. So, well, it can sometimes work. I mean, you take a look at the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and anything with Smeagol in it, and the the CGI on the face, you got every single expression that uh, that was given by the actor, and it looked great. But I, I didn't get any of that from this. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't read anything. It like I said, the best I got was he looked grumpy or sullen. Uh, it just it, yeah I, yeah no smiling. Oh <sighs> uh, yeah, that was that was yeah, not I, great. And and I guess who knows if Ray Fisher is going to be good because he's going to have his own movie, but that's like years away. Right, that's like yeah. a long ways away. Like, who knows? Like, I'll have who... to. I, I want to give him a chance because I mean, he didn't get. I don't think he got a chance to really shine in this in any real way. But, um, so thinking, talking about outfits, uh, there was a big hullabaloo before the movie came out about uh, some people complaining that the Amazonian outfits were changed. Were changed. Yep, from they, the original movie. Got a little, little fewer stitches of. Clothing on yeah, them this time like, around. Why are their midriffs exposed? And this is obviously the work of uh, of uh, a male gaze, and you know the whole thing that we go with it. And you know, personally, I have my own opinions on that sort of thing. But just from a continuity standpoint, it makes sense to me to keep the same gear that you had from the previous movie into the next movie. So it, it makes everything just kind of match and go seamless. And so long as the outfits originally were good, which they were, they were, they were excellent outfits. Yeah. So fine. Uh, but watching the movie, that's actually one of the areas where I didn't really have so much problems uh, that there were only a handful of the Amazonians that had that, that more midriff ex- exposed area. And they were in a different section of the island. So maybe it had something to do with their own particular position. And you know what? I, I, in the, few scenes that there were a bunch of them and they were all action scenes so yeah. like i was watching more of the action stuff i guess mm. i didn't even notice i didn't even mm. pay attention to that the majority know. of them had the old outfits still i mean it's it and i always i had to laugh just a little bit from from the people that say well the new the new outfits are just it's not realistic they wouldn't protect you in, ba- in battle in any way it's like yeah neither would the old outfits but it's fantasy yeah, it's fantasy. <laughs> it just, that's not an argument, unfortunately. Yeah, and also these Amazons could get killed by bullets, and then oh, that's a whole other <laughs> argument that yeah. that I won't get into. That is annoying. That mm, I believe that took something. Well, I'm going to touch on it briefly because you brought it up, and I have to now because the whole thing. You know, we're not going to go over the whole Wonder Woman movie, which I thought was actually pretty good, but. The whole thing about Wonder Woman that made her strong, part or not what made her strong, but was uh, evidence of her strength of character and her strength and fortitude, was that she went through the trials and she was able to attain the accoutrement of being Wonder Woman because she was the best, not because I'm half God. And I thought that was such a wasteful takeaway from from the character. And by doing that, and then saying, well, you know, Amazons, they're disposable. They can be shot. Really? No, no. These are supposed to be mythical 
mythical beings that have a very specific part in the hierarchy and they're tough and the warriors and they're 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 supposed to be able to hold their own against the gods in some respects and if they're going to die to bullets i'm not believing that so much anyway and that and that only reason i brought that up because i i knew it touched a a hot spot but it goes back to the armor yeah if you're if you're strong and bulletproof you don't need the armor it doesn't really matter so much but yeah um all in all, the oh camera angles. Speaking of cinematography, um, I know one little point of contention that I had with the film was after Superman had been calmed down by uh, apparently walking around the farm and, and talking to Lois for a minute, and Lois had called uh, called Mom to come back home and see that her boy was alive, and above and beyond the fact that they're feels like there is no impact to him coming back whatsoever because he hasn't been dead that long and and you can't care that much. But they tried to force it like they forced with the plot when she's driving down the road and there are 3,000 different camera angles of the truck driving down the road. What was that for? That didn't do anything other than make me nauseous. I, I, it's, it's not helping. There was lots of corn. There was lots of corn, lots of corn, some dust, and you got to see you got to see uh, Ma Kent's dress from every angle. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I probably could have made a pretty good movie. <laughs> but who am I? I mean, I'm some scrub. Yeah, no. So overall, feel. What did you think about the movie? Um. It just wasn't there. Was no continuity, I think. It just it's just weird because the feel went from one way to another way, from one way to another way. Some cheesy one-liners in it, but what you said, "booyah" at the end was so forced. There was a couple other ones that were just like really bad. Like just really bad one-liners. That's like they're they're not even funny. They're, they're like cringy bad dad jokes. Like there are dad jokes that are funny because they're dad jokes, and then there are just like awkwardly cringy misplaced ones. They're just like yeah. It's like a joke at a funeral, really. Yeah, and like they're not not that like the things were offensive. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Just like dumb no one in the wrong wrong place if you're trying to build gravitas and 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 this this feel this this just very serious film and now i'm going to act like it's an 80s action film and we're going to be arnold schwarzenegger riffing off of every single villain no no it it immediately pulls you out of the movie yeah I, i think i think of the many words that could be used to describe it, the one from the feel, uh, I think, is forced. Yeah. Forced. I have to agree. I mean, and I have been now for quite some time uh, tearing this movie down. It's it's not all bad. I mean, it's still, even with all of its faults, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's not something that I would ever really want to watch again. Uh, which is rare for me as comic book movies are right in my wheelhouse and I will I will watch those over and over again. I have no interest in seeing this movie again. Maybe if they were to release a different director's cut, maybe. 
but uh, maybe, and it won't be. I, I, I like to waste my time reading about movies, and there might be a director's cut, but it won't be a Zack Snyder director's cut. It'll no. be a Joss Whedon director's cut. Yeah, maybe that'll help. Um, and that's not a diss to Zack Snyder at all. It's just that's more just praise for Whedon. Uh, I've, I've been watching him forever, and like I said, pretty much anything he touches is excellent, but he has to get it early on. I, I think he was too late, and he was just trying to to patch up the body <laughs> as best yeah. as he could. Yeah, damage was already done, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, so on, on a positive note, it maybe uh, it was a financial success, so maybe they will. this will result in... Another chance. Maybe a financial break even. You don't think it was a success? No. No. Like it it'll be enough that they're not gonna lose money on it, but they're not gonna make the money that they want to make on it for sure. Because it had a really big budget, it had a really big advertising budget, and they're hoping for like one of those big eight hundred, nine hundred billion dollars and then nah, they're, they're not going to get that on this movie so they're not going to lose money on it but they're not going to make money so mm-hmm. i don't know how businesses from the theater industry work but usually usually the hope is to make those big half you know like profit net you know like half a bill on something like this yeah and nah, that's ain't that's ain't gonna happen well, hopefully uh, we didn't bum you guys out too much with our deconstruction of the Justice League, but uh, 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 hopefully that this touched on some similar uh, concerns or maybe some ideas that were in direct opposition that you thought and just got the, the juices flowing and, and thinking about uh, one of my favorite subjects, uh, which is comic book movies anyway. So Yeah, and that's actually something we're going to be discussing here and coming up here uh shortly so we kind of figured you know what what the heck what why don't we why don't we get one in right now that just kind of gives us an idea and go hardcore into it and then we'll we're gonna kind of touch base and there's a lot of comic book movies so this was just one that we kind of figure out hey it's out right now and neither one of us have seen it why don't we go uh check it out and see how bad it could be you know <laughs> have no hey goes back to expectations if you have no expectations and you go into it and it's just a meh movie then they probably met your expectations yeah that that's that this is a solid c minus is what i told richard when we got out of it it's it's passing barely barely yeah the cast helps cast helps a lot that was most of it but well thank you for being with us and we will see you soon absolutely Thank you.